Welcome to Your Life Matters Today, hosted by Dr. Cliff Robertson. Listen in close for tips and the tools you need to discover how to build your best life, overcome mental health challenges, and understand your self-worth. Now, here is Dr. Cliff Robertson. Well, good morning to you. This is, this is Your Life Matters Today, and I am Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. You know, just as a little bit of an introduction, I, I, I've had several titles in my life from, you know, from doctor to executive director, pastor, husband, father, grandfather, and some that, that aren't so pleasant. But the, but the truth is, none of them seem to matter when I'm hit with tragedy or depression. I've struggled with them in my life in more ways than you can imagine. I know that many of you have experienced the same, and the, the purpose of this show is to talk about the tough topics and shed light on them, which can then bring healing. It, it, it's just important that we know that no matter what, your life matters, and it matters more than, more than you know. Well, today we have a, a very exciting guest. Today our guest is Dr. Marie Seltz. Marie has a PhD in clinical psychology and as as an MS in industrial and organizational psychology. She has spent 22 years studying self-esteem, self-confidence, responsibility, and the effects of environment and culture on the individual. Dr. Nathaniel Brandon was a mentor and influence professionally. Dr. Marie has clients across the nation having lived in Texas, Florida, New York City, and California. She presently resides in both Missouri and Washington, D.C., she is a mother of one, has been married to the same man for 37 years. You can get to know her better through her Family Vision Media podcast, Through the Fire, or visiting her website at cccc-usa.com or the podcast at familyvisionmedia.org slash category slant through the fire. Welcome, Marie, to the show. <laughs> Hello. It's so good to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, well, thank you. You know, you know, it's, it's good. You know, you had me on your, uh, you had me on your show and, and, and it was such a joy to get a chance to visit with you. And I really wanted you to come on this show. And then when we started talking about, you know, the topics and, and you touched on, um, you know, the idea of shame and, mm-hmm. and it really just struck a chord with me. And, and I, and I really just wanted to, you know, you know, just kind of hear from you and see what, see what, See, see where you wanted to go with that today. Just, just kind of talk to me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think right now, well, first of all, you know, shame is something that all of us will experience in life. I mean, and you know, it's not a necessarily good feeling emotion, but it's definitely something that informs us and it's necessary. It informs us about appropriate behaviors, expectations. It allows us to develop empathy, to learn about consequences, how to view life, to, you know, understand our capabilities and abilities and self-control and emotional regulation, all of these things. And we wouldn't have that ability if we didn't have a moral compass inside of us that the Lord has instilled in each one of us. So, you know, sometimes when we think about bad emotions or we label emotions bad, it's, we try to run away from them. And shame is something that we really, you know, there's different types and ways that we navigate through that, that uh, and the way we do that will impact us. So shame is something that, uh, again, does not feel good, but it informs us. It can go, you know, it, it allows us to change behaviors, to look at different 
um, options and correct things that maybe we did incorrectly and can improve upon. So, you know, it's, it's a very important emotion and it's something we will all experience in life. And today I just thought it would be really important, I think, for you and I to talk about the way shame can impact us at different times in our life and, um, and the way that, you know, it, it can influence us now and moving forward. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, Marie, the, uh, you know, the impact of, of shame and that moral compass. And, and, and you talk about how, how it is an important emotion. And, you know, what I, what I, what I see there is just a, you know, it can like guide us to make sure that we are, you know, we want to avoid that, that emotion. So mm-hmm. we, you know, make different decisions. We make better decisions. Uh, I would think along those lines, kind of, kind of talk to me through, excuse me. I know that, uh, you know, in your clinical psychology practice, Mm -hmm. um, you've probably experienced some, you know, you know, some, some cases where people have had, um, you know, you have experience with this, you know, on both sides of the, uh, on on both sides of this, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I want to say to everybody, especially, I think this topic is resonating with me so much today because it is an extremely powerful and motivating. I mean, it, it moves you to action immediately. And it's one of the things that is used uh, socially. Uh, we see that happening in social groups. We see it in schools. We see it culturally. Um, so like in the schools right now, and this is one of the things, this is something that's really important to me right now we see in the schools um a a lot of the public schools in particular not all of them but most of them we see you know shaming for things they cannot change today and and in my opinion whenever it's a shame for something that you cannot change and it's just your whole being that turns into a very hurtful shame that's not a transient uh, appropriate uh, shame of the moment that you're going to pass through. It's something that becomes internal to you, and it's terrible. And it's, and, and in my opinion, and, and and professionally, we know this. That I mean, it's really a form of child abuse because children cannot separate that, you know, that kind of a judgment about their being on them um, from themselves, and this impacts them throughout their whole life. And so, when um, I have students that come to me that have for the first time maybe experienced being away from their family in, in university and no one is there to monitor their, their behavior. No one is there to watch them and they want to join a group. And there are all of these expectations placed upon them, which that's normal. Okay. That's all right. But the, the sense of needing to belong sometimes draws them into this very tough position of either going along with it which is assaulting their moral compass because it's not, you know, does not define who they are. It doesn't fit with their definition. And then they do it. They, they capitulate and they go along and they become part of the group and they're ashamed. And it, it, they don't feel like, okay, they got, they worked so hard. They sacrificed so much and they come in and now they're completely confused. They're, they're questioning their, their, their sense of self-discipline, their judgment, um, what kind of integrity are they, their character, things like that. And that really starts to weigh on them. And I have to really work with them on that because 
if they've gone a very, very long time, like say a year or a whole semester, or partying and doing things that they're failing in classes, they're not doing well, they're behaved and poorly, they're really sitting in a huge place of self-judgment. Right. <laughs> And, and, and this is just a, a, a college kid. Can you imagine whenever they're out of school and the, the, the decisions they're making are more important that affect and impact so many other people? And they can't, you know, there's so much shame that you just continue to drag it on. It's so important to address the shame, but a lot of people try to hide it, mask behind it, um, present a false sense of who they are to keep up the, you know, appearance. When inside, they're just suffering so greatly. And it, it will come out. It will impact them socially. Because you know what? You cannot hide from yourself, right? You can put a mask on to everybody but yourself. Well, and that mask always always slips at some point. It, all, it always comes down. And, you know, when we're, when we're dealing with shame, I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it, it impacts us in ways, especially as we're trying to, to hide from it or mask it, you know, I always tell people either we, either we deal with this or one day it will deal with us right. and come out in ways that, that we never expected or never saw coming. And, exactly. and that's, and that, and, and that can be tragic. Mm-hmm. And it normally is because listen, uh, our body responds to everything that our mind is perceiving. And so it'll impact us physically. I mean, we will develop upset stomachs, we can get high blood pressure, we can get migraines, we can just feel very ill, we can start behavioral problems, we can start, you know, abuse, substance abuse, Um, we can start lashing out, becoming defensive, isolating, which makes us feel lonely and unworthy even more and increases the whole sense of shame, you know, so behaviorally, physically, emotionally, of course, you know, it just continues to cycle and cycle around whenever, because there's other emotions that are associated with shame and things that we tell ourselves, negative self-talk that limit us in our engagement with other people and our risk-taking and our planning for the future and our ability to see those kinds of things, because we're just so consumed and, and drowning in this sense of worthlessness and shame that we that we're unlovable, that we're not capable, or whatever else we're telling ourselves about the moment. You know, we're certainly not telling ourselves that we're worthwhile, that our life matters <laughs> at all, right? Right. Of course we're not. And the, you know, the thing that I remember hearing, and I and I can't say that my um that you know, you know my parents ever said this to me, but I know that I've heard it said that because of you did this, you will never amount to anything. You're you're just gonna have a wasted life. And hearing you know, having kids be told that, mm-hmm. especially in a, in a public setting. Yes. I mean, I mean, there talk about, talk about just this overwhelming load of, of shame and, and that, 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 that they carry because that becomes a recording that continues to be played over and over again in their head. And, and by the way, for, for those of you listening for the first time, this is your life matters today. I'm Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. And my, and my guest today is Dr. Marie Seltz, clinical psychologist. So, and we're talking about shame. And, and in a minute, we're going to we're going to turn the tables on this and start talking about some of the ways that we can work through it. But, um, you know, one of the things, though, that I wanted to kind of kind of kind of look at, too, is, you know, there's the shame of of, of childhood and, and, and some of the things that are put upon us. 
But then we have the shame that adults are putting on other adults, which to me, um, one is childish, but but two can be can be a bit overwhelming. I, I and I and I want to share share just a quick story. It's from my book. Um, but I was hoping you would, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's 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 from my book. It's and it's just in the very beginning, where where I talk about um, the former Miss America Chelsea Christ, and and I don't write about this part of the book, but I write a little bit about her. But she talked about being shamed because when she was going through the Miss America pageant, um, because she was a NCAA Division One athlete, she had an athletic physique. She had abs, which I don't have. We she. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, she has, you know, th- this physique and Beautiful. other women were shaming her because of that muscular physique, because of all that mm-hmm. K- kind of talk about some of what you see in adult shaming. Um, that's, it's gotta be hard to deal with. Sure. I mean, here's the thing. Um, people will shame for different reasons, right? They think that putting a focus on another person takes the, you know, distracts the focus from being on them. And this happens a lot with insecure people. And it happens a lot with people that feel an extreme sense of shame within themselves. So they feel a sense and a need to shame other people to control them. Um, And, you know, you have to realize that some people are just going to be envious and jealous and, and they, and they will do it for that. And when that happens to you, just like in childhood, in, in, in childhood, when we get shamed, because you brought that up, I want to just say this briefly, whenever you're ashamed in childhood, sometimes we don't really distinguish between, should we give credence to this? Should we come? But it does sting us more if it's done by someone we hold in great esteem or we feel close and connected to, or as you said, and, or as you said, it happens publicly, right? So if this happens as an adult too, I mean, it's extremely painful and people, you know, you go into that fight, flight or freeze response whenever it happens right. as an adult, right? As a child, you can't express it, but as an adult, you can't or, but you may choose not to, you may choose to just freeze and try to become inconspicuous and just go along with everything. Or you may fight back and become defensive, or you may, you know, choose to, to, to express yourself appropriately. But sometimes people because shame stings so much. It's very seldom right away that you react, you know, appropriately or in the best manner. It's good to pause sometimes when it happens. You don't necessarily need to react. You can choose to respond because, and and just know that it will happen to you sometime. It's none of us are going to go through this life without being shamed as an adult or as a child. Right. Right. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's part of our, you know, you know, it's part of our experience. Right. And then what happens at the time is, do we accept that? Do we take responsibility for it? Do we say, oh yeah, they're right. You know, this time I'm a fat this and I, or I, I'm not good at what I'm presenting. I'm an imposter, right? Imposter syndrome is a huge thing, especially, I mean, it happens with men and women, but let's just be honest. Most of the studies are with women um, for various reasons, but Um, you know, we can start to doubt ourselves and we have to realize that listening to everybody is not the way to go. (laughs) It's not, it's really not. One of the things that I, uh, you know, I, I I had a conversation with a, uh, with, with a gentleman, he's a, 
he's a retired uh, music minister for you know you know you know for a church, and as a child he was um, sexually abused, mm. and and when he went to um, and this is going to tie into some of the news that we recently heard, which was horrifying, but although not really not surprising, but when he went to you know at, you know years later as an adult uh, when he started his his ministry uh, calling career, he he went to his 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 pastor after years of praying and thinking about it, talking about it, w- wanting to talk about it. He went to his pastor and he said, uh, "I need you to know this happened to me as a child, and I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do with it, um, and that I feel shame and and you know you know and all these things and." He said his pastor was was really good at listening, but then he said something to the to the to the young man who's not no, now no longer a young man, and he said, I, "I know God is with you, but I but I need you to do me a favor. I need you to not tell anybody else. I need you to keep this between you and me. I don't think anybody else is going to understand." And that was a form of shaming. Exactly. And that radically impacted his life. Exactly. And in in ways that um, are, let's just say that that according to him, um, and I, I won't mention his name here, it's not important, but um, he, he spent probably the next decade in counseling um, and yeah, left and- that church soon thereafter. And that's a great point that you brought up, um, really important, because getting past the shame is really uh, a, a very good tool, I guess you could say, uh, or something that we can do is to be able to express it and talk about it, right, with somebody. And it's not just anybody. So he, he, he made a good decision, he thought, by going to his pastor, right? Right. And the thing is, is that we have to... <laughs> And, that, and that's unfortunate because that's very that's very painful. That that whole thing is just very painful because we're vulnerable when we express that, right? We're vulnerable again, and so when we choose to talk about it, we have to be selective about who we're sharing with because we really want someone who has empathy, not sympathy. And they're looking right. down, right? There's a big difference. And for him to say, "Oh, well, you poor little pathetic thing," you know, don't don't say that because then it's going to affect your leadership. It's going to impact this. It's going to because I, you know those are the messages that are coming from keep it quiet. Right. Of course they are. Of course so, they are. And and you know what I you know what I heard when he was telling me his story, I was seeing that I was seeing that child back when you know back when that happened hiding it. At, right, hiding it and and being told that no one is going to believe you, mm-hmm. um, you know, just 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 all that messaging that is receiving as a child and unable to tell anybody, mm-hmm. unable to to express any of it, just carrying that entire weight. And you know, wh- one of the things I shared with him is that in that moment when that when that when that first abuse happened. Your your childhood was stolen mm-hmm. and robbed from you, yeah. and then you were made to feel shame for it, mm-hmm. and none of that is okay. And his social development, his emotional development was interrupted. I mean, right. all so many things. Yeah, and, you know, and and, and shame, as you know, I was going to say, shame, as you know, I mean, can 
can come in a form, especially as children, but even as adults, it can come through emotional abuse. It can come through physical abuse. It can come through sexual abuse. It can come through abandonment. It can come through neglect. All of of it, all of it. And as a child, you feel completely powerless. As an adult, you may not even be aware that now you're not, you know, reliant on people so much and you don't have to be as fearful, but you are inside and you don't even realize you actually have a choice. You can behave and make different choices. You can recast what happened to you. Well, and what a lot of people don't realize is that um, when you start going down that road, um, and you know, of of carrying that weight of shame, that 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 weight, just just this overwhelming sense of I, I must be this this horrible person. I mean, all these things lead to some of the things that you talked about. Lead to self medication through drugs or alcohol. And and ultimately can be a, a precursor to someone taking their own lives. Their oh, absolutely. Life. And mean, it does because they're trying to numb themselves, right? Right. And you still can't hide from what's inside of you. You just can't. And it just increases and it can lead to extreme depression. And you just feel, well, you do, you fall down a rabbit hole. You don't feel you can see your way out of, at all. And you can't even see anything that's, not aligning with that belief. You could have someone that is just tremendously supportive next to you, telling you how much they love you, value you, but it, you don't hear it. No, you don't. You don't. And, um, and, and one of the things that, that I wanted to touch on briefly here with you is, you know, we've been talking about the overt shaming, you know, the, you know, the words, the messaging that, you know, directly spoken to an individual. But what about the more subtle forms of of shaming that may not be technically classified as as that? But I mean, what about social media and advertising? If you know, if you don't wear this, if you don't do this, you're 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 not going to experience all that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because I I started out by starting with the children in the classrooms and the children's children in schools. And you, as you know, through Erickson's stages of social development, you know, we're, we're, we're developing certain things and, and, and virtues at different times in our life. And the sense of belonging during uh, adolescence is, is huge. And so, you know, you have all of this, you must look this particular way, you must wear these certain labels, you must use this particular jargon, you must listen to this kind of music and follow this particular celebrity and believe their particular philosophy. And it's so prevalent right now. And I, one of the things that's been happening with me is I've been getting requests to go to the schools to speak on this about the social media, how it's impacting the, the kids, because there's so much anxiety. There's an increase in anxiety and in depression in these kids. And it's because it's coming through the social media. And we know this now. There's, you can Google it and look, or you, I would say, um, you know, maybe use another search engine <laughs> <laughs> and, and just look and see the targeting that is actually happening, targeting the kids, particularly during COVID, because they were online being educated online way more than they ever were before. And right. so and, and it's and it's very hard because parents don't see what's happening. They don't see the pictures that are happening. They don't see the, the hear the words, the music, the, the very subliminal, you know, messages that these kids are receiving. 
And then even as an adult, I mean, single young uh, men and women in college and universities, the pressure is enormous right now to, to, to look a certain way uh, and to behave a certain way and follow a certain cult. And it's, it's like a group think right now. There's no individual think at all. It's a group think. Right. And, 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 you know, one of the things that is, uh, that is so fascinating is when you really pull back the layers on, on social media, you know, we could beat up advertising all day long, but social media, a lot of times can be somewhat direct in it and, and sometimes more subtle, but what's, you know, again, one of the things that I, that I wrote about and, and, you know, your life matters is controlling your inputs and, you know, the way that social media algorithms are written, sometimes they're withholding, um, you know, you know, your, your responses and, and then flooding. And, you know, we, you know, the way that we view ourselves, the way that we see ourselves in this world oftentimes has become how does social media view us? Mm-hmm. It's and true. That's troubling. It is, it is troubling because people sit there and check, did, did they like what I said? You know, did they like this? Picture? Um, and if they get shamed, and sometimes if people are going to do it, if you put it out there, you have to be willing to, to know that this is going to happen. If you give your opinion, right, like you were saying, uh, if you counter uh, somebody on a dialogue, and it may be completely appropriate, and you have even facts to back it up if you want <laughs> people are going to still come and they're going to counter you and they're going to shame you for it. They're going to call you names and you just have to be ready for that. If you engage, you have to know that that's, that could happen. Right. Well, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been reading a little bit about this and, you know, you know, and seeing it and, and I, and I, and I watched, uh, um, you know, you know, a sequence of things happen with, you know, it, 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 it can happen with those that are that are famous and those that are, you know, that really nobody knows other than a small group. But I, but, but one particular thing, and you know, in you know, in you know, you know, that really just comes to mind in this moment is uh, Aaron Napier of um, home, you know, hometown. They they do this home improvement show on HTTV, and she posts a lot on on Instagram, and she had braided her child's hair a certain way. And there was like this few people that, that started to shame her for one, putting her child on there, but two, you know, she did it wrong. I mean, really? You're kidding. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are we even talking about and who cares? <laughs> yeah. But it became an issue. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that, but it sounds terrible. I mean, I mean, think about it. You, you know, you have your, you know, I, I don't know if she was two, three years old, something like that. Aww. And, and you're, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, aren't there things that are far more important? Um, isn't the beauty of childhood just something we should cherish instead yeah. of shame? Because, you know, like the way they French braided her hair. Yeah. Really? You know, uh, we've lived all across the U.S. And, um in, in the, the more challenging cities, uh, you know, in Dallas and, and, and in Florida, we were in Tampa and then we were in New York City and then we were out in um, the L.A., Southern California area and now in St. Louis and Washington, D.C. So our, our daughter, when she was moving, when I was moving her from New York to, to California, she was going into, oh, she was still in 
elementary school. No, she was going into sixth grade. And we had just come from Mexico. I had her hair done. Remember the the film 10 with Bo Derek when she had mm-hmm. the cornrows? I had her hair done that way when we were in Mexico. So right. she started school with her cornrows. I cannot tell you how mean the mothers at the school were wow. about her hair. The things that they said to not only me about it, but to her. I literally had to call the mothers up and say, you owe my daughter an apology for your behavior. We were new there. And this is how they talked. <laughs> wow. And I'm, and I'm sure your and I'm sure your daughter was gorgeous and I'm sure that it looked great. And, and, you know, there's, you know, kids could just be mean. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but as adults, we should be, we should be better than that. We should have learned, we should have evolved. Um, uh, Marie, we're going to be, be taking a, be, be taking a quick break here. Um, but for those of you listening, this is uh, Your Life Matters Today, and I'm your host, Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr., and we have uh, Dr. Marie Seltz, a noted clinical psychologist, on. We're talking about shame today. When we come back from this break, we're going to be talking about some of our responses. How can we respond and bring some healing to the shame that we experience and, and maybe be a, a positive force for others with regards to that? You're listening to Your Life Matters Today. Thanks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're struggling to understand your self-worth or deal with mental health challenges, you will want to tune into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Dr. Cliff and his guests will help you understand and work toward what you need to build your best life. Your Life Matters Today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. If you have a question for Dr. Robertson or his guests, you can join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888 888- Three four six nine one four one. Now back to the show with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Welcome back to Your Life Matters Today. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson Jr. and I'm and I'm blessed today to have uh, Dr. Marie Seltz. Um, you know, she is a, a clinical psychologist with lots of experience, and we're talking about shame and shaming today. I, I feel like the first part of our part of our show, Marie, is was. Uh, extraordinarily informative. Um, you know, we talked a lot about, uh, shame in a lot of different ways and, you know, from childhood to adults, to trauma, to all those things. But what I would really like to do is let's kind of turn this around and kind of, kind of begin to head, um, 
you know, head back home. In other words, um, what can we do um, to begin to find healing? Um, Because like you said, in, in the first part of the show, we all deal with shame. We all have it put upon us. And sometimes it can be a, a positive emotion that helps guide us with a moral compass because we don't want to do certain things that'll bring shame to us. And mm-hmm. without talking about them, I mean, we kind of know what, what, you know, what some of those are. So, um, but the shame that we don't bring on ourselves, you know, that, that aren't based on our choices that are put upon us. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of, let's kind of talk about some of the things we can do to begin that healing process. Yeah. So of course, the first thing would be to go into psychotherapy, right? To do some kind of form of, of talk therapy with somebody that, um, can, that you can express honestly what happened to you. And that person can help you to identify the things that are associated with shame, the definitions you're giving yourself as a result of that the way that you see yourself interacting in the world and with other people, the value you give to yourself. So they can help you to start put pieces of the puzzle together that you may not even be aware of. Because what happens when we, when we get shame and we internalize the shame, we call, sometimes you'll hear it called trait shame because they say, oh, that's part of your personality now because it's, so, it's in there so long, it's enduring, or you'll hear core shame. There's different terms depending on who you go to. But the point is, this is eternalized. It's something that's within you. And now you, you are seeing everything in the world through that lens. And it's a very small, very small lens because you're, you, since you're so consumed with this horrible feeling of shame, you don't even see plans for the future. You don't even see yourself engaging in a pleasant, productive, contributing way. And so psychotherapy, therapy, positive psychology um, in particular, I would say is one of the best ways because when something happens to us, if we agree that it was something that we were responsible for or not responsible for, if we internalize it and we take that in and we start using that unconsciously to, to limit what we, our engagement because we're afraid of being judged again. We're afraid of repeating that behavior. All of our relationships are going to be inauthentic because we're constantly focusing on ourselves. We're not focusing on another person. So it's really important to get into therapy. And positive psychology helps you to, first of all, acknowledge what happened. You want to identify the things that happened, right. you want to know the event, the people, how much it impacted you the level of whatever it was you were feeling, what was your reaction? What do you think about your reaction? How has that impacted you moving now forward into this future now, right? So you want to identify, acknowledge it, because once you do that, then you can reframe what happened to you. And you can also look at the positive things that you learned from that. You want to give meaning to it. And you want to look at the things that you yourself have, the strengths that you have, the skills that you have, the attributes, the virtues that you have, maybe as a result of that, maybe that you had before and that you still have, all these things you want to identify. And you want to start not ignoring the negative thing, but you want to look at the positive thing that happened and the positive things that you have now. So positive psychology does not ignore. And a lot of times people will say, well, it's ignoring what happened. I really need to, to, to work on what happened. Well, you do work on what happened. But you're, you're focusing, 
so because you, you, it's very important you do that, right? Because you've been squashing it down for so long that you don't even, you know, really know all of that. It, it's entailed and tangled in that big old ball of shame, mm-hmm. so, right? So, you know, speaking to somebody is, of course, one of the most helpful. But I guess you know, I mean, you're, you work in counseling. Not everybody is going to feel comfortable. They can try to come into counseling and they may not. But so there are things they can do outside of counseling. And well, well and, and, and let me interrupt you there. One of the things that, you know, that I've seen happen is people will go to uh, like their best friend will, will, will say, hey, I'm going to see Joe or Jane or Bill or, or uh, Bobby Sue, whoever. <laughs> and, and they go and they see them and they don't connect. So they must think that then counseling is no good for them. It, it, that, that, that just doesn't work for them. Right. Uh, Murray, what would be your words to, to, to someone who gets into a, a, a counseling situation and they just don't see eye to eye? Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, when you feel a sense of shame, you very seldom feel a sense of connection because you go into every engagement feeling like you're being judged already, right? Right, right. So I would say, first of all, when you go in, don't feel like you're making this huge, big commitment because you're interviewing your you know, potential counselor as much as they're interviewing you. I would, I would say, you know, if you feel a disconnect, it's okay to voice that there's a disconnect, or you can try at least two times, tell yourself, I'm going to try two times, right? But if you feel like you're not really being heard, it's important for you to actually voice that and, and give them a chance to respond to you. Um, Maybe it isn't a good fit, and that's okay because it's important to have one. But you must realize that if you're a person who's already feeling shame, you're feeling judged by everybody. So, you know, I would say, you know, if find somebody if possible that you feel the most connected to, or you feel gets the nuances of what's going on with you without you having to work so hard, but it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. That's why you're there. Right. It's, it's not going to be pleasant at the beginning. It's uncomfortable, but you're brave for going and you're doing the right thing by going. Well, you, you know, you are and going to, um, you know, going to counseling, getting started is, you know, is, a, you know, is a painful process if it's doing the work that it's supposed to be doing, because if it's not challenging you to your very core, maybe not the first time in the door, but eventually they're pretty quickly then you're probably wasting your time. Yes. Um, uh, it, it, it needs to be, you know, you know, he, healing um, usually begins by um, doing, doing the hard work first. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Uh, and if it's not, then, um, well, maybe there's, maybe there's somewhere else you need to be. You began, though, to talk about, um, you know, when you were talking about the positive psychology and um, sometimes people aren't um, aren't going to open up in that setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you uh, then you mentioned about the uh, that there are some other things that people can be doing. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about some of that. Some of the practical things that somebody can be doing to to help begin to, you know, that healing process. Yeah. So here's the thing you can, you can, if you don't have, well, there's certain things in life that all of us could benefit by having, right. And that includes a close circle, close network. You can talk to, um, it can be, uh, something purposeful in life that you contribute to and do, um, uh, gives you meaning, gives your life more meaning. 
But when you are caught up in shame, you may not have that, especially as an adult, because you haven't developed that. You haven't gotten that far. So one of the things you can start to do on your own, which vulnerability is something that that sometimes prevents people from reaching out to get help, is journaling. And like I was saying before, you know, identify, sit by, sit with yourself, wherever that is, outside, wherever is a, a place of comfort, beauty, and safety for you, and give yourself permission. Don't pressure, but give yourself permission to say, okay, for 30 minutes, I'm going to think about the, these uncomfortable situations. I'm going to identify the event. I'm going to break down what happened to me. I'm going to listen to the words that are coming into my mind regarding the, the description of this event. I'm going to wholly feel this event and, and write that down. So you're able to separate and, and you'll start to see things like embarrassment, um, worthlessness, um, things that are secondary and tertiary emotions, right? Anger. Okay, why do you feel that? And so you want to, so what, and that, and you're not going to get all that in 30 minutes, but you just want a beginning. You want to start. And you want to start working through those things because by doing that, you're validating what happened to you, right? So, so there's something self validating, and you didn't get that validation at the moment appropriately, feedback, whatever, at whatever happened. So you want to self validate and give yourself permission and not judge yourself for feeling what you're feeling. And just start breaking that those things down, and you might get to a point at that at that time as as you work through the journaling process where you think, okay, you know what? Maybe I am ready to go to therapy now. Maybe I am. But you will start to feel relief as you start to see the picture of how all of this is coming to you because it's so heavy and it's so much energy involved in in putting on this fake display or hiding and just trying to trying to just get through the day without being put in a spotlight and being focused on, right? Again, you don't want that. No, you don't. You don't want that. And uh, one of the things that I, that I find to be, you know, really helpful in the, in that, in that journaling process is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, but one of the ways that I've seen, you know, to approach it is you, you know, you approach it as, somebody being a reporter, somebody reporting facts, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what happened, not necessarily characterizing it. I'm a bad person because now you may, you you know, you you know, once you've reported all the facts, you may download those emotions too, but I think it's important. Like you, like you said, you know, let's get this down on paper. Let's, let's demystify the, you know, this, you know, all of it so that, so that we can begin to deal with it because, because until we deal with it, it continues to deal with us through other bad choices, through potentially addiction potentially, you know, the, you know, the list goes on, you know, you know, disconnected relationships and an authentic world. I mean, just all that. And, and I love journaling. It's actually something that, uh, that I've been doing now for, I don't know, probably six or seven years or, or longer. And, uh, it's, it's like when I, when I don't do it, um, it's like my day just doesn't start right. Oh, that's amazing. But I love how you said, cause you're right. Sometimes people have a difficult time talking about themselves or writing about themselves. So using it from a, 
like a witness kind of person. But especially if you do it as someone who cares deeply about this person, right? I love that. If you were reporting on someone that you really deeply care about, you would report about it gently. You would you would give caring words. And that's the thing. So the next step to the journaling, which it's so, gosh, it's so empowering to 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 journal, write those words. Like you said, you feel a little skew if you don't get to do it, right? Um, would be um, to write yourself a letter. To write yourself a letter uh, regarding what happened. It can be from the person that, that did it to you as an apology letter. It could be somebody that was watching the event like you just said and said, oh, and, and, and something kind, something healing, right? And, and that kind of starts to, to say, I saw this, this was unfair, or, you know, this could have happened differently. Uh, because one of the things that we want to do when we're, when we're, as a parent, when you're a parent to a child, or even to yourself and your self-talk, when something happens that is, because we're going to make mistakes, we can't be afraid of making mistakes so you don't live life. Right. Right. So making a mistake, I mean, our, as a parent and, you know, and for ourselves, we want to always say, okay, well, you know, we want to give the person or ourselves an opportunity to make a repair. And we want to be able to redirect. And we want to be, so, you know, redirect what the behavior and make a, a repair and, and then to, re, uh, uh, to reassure the person that we have confidence in their ability to do that or uh, and to, to tell ourselves that even if we don't feel it, what we do, because if we, you focus and you look at your strengths and the skills and the things you have, all you need to be able to make things different. You really do. Right. We do. And we do. And so in as parents and for ourselves, the way we talk, those three things are so important to give yourself the opportunity, give your child opportunity to make repair, to redirect them how you could have done it better how they could have done it better and to reassure ourselves and the person that there, there is, that they are capable of doing something better. So that letter is very important. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I do. I think that is a, I think that is a, that is a great way to, you know, you know, really begin to talk to ourselves about, you know, the, you know, the truth of it, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to, if we write it from that, compassionate, caring person, or, or even maybe the perpetrator that's, that's asking for ask potentially even asking for forgiveness. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it can be really deeply moving and healing. Um, what are some other things we might be able to do? Well, you brought up forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness is a huge, huge aspect of it. It's forgiving that person that maybe called you out. It's forgiving yourself. And it's not that easy. No, it's not. At all. And that takes work. Well, a lot of times we are, we are very good at, you know, we know that, you know, that when we ask God forgives us and, and, and we can ask, you know, others to forgive our, you know, our, our actions or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we may be quick to forgive others for what they've done to us, but we are the world's worst at forgiving ourselves. Um, I know that, um, you know, as part of the 12 step program, it talks about, um, you know, basically forgiving yourself and, um, 
sometimes that can be part of the, you know, that can be some, one, of, one of the hardest things in the world, you know, in the world to do, but it can also be one of the most freeing things that a person can do is really forgive themselves. And some people say, well, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you forgive yourself? And I, and I, and I, and I just tell them this, this really simple way of doing it. You know, you know, I just say to do it in a prayer. I say, God, I forgive myself for this, whatever this is, mm-hmm. Lord, help me to forgive me as you have forgiven me. Exactly. And, you know, and just walking through each, each, each item, each thing that each thing that comes to mind. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, it, it, it is healing. It, it does help you move, move beyond those, those, those poor choices and those, those things that you want to hold yourself accountable for. Cause a lot of times we think that, well, I can't forgive myself because then I'm not holding myself accountable anymore. And, and the two, um, it's, it's, it's not a fair comparison to put those two together that you're not, that just because you've forgiven yourself doesn't mean you're not holding yourself accountable. You right. can do both. And it's important you do both. It is important that you do both. And when you talk about forgiveness, it is easier for us to forgive the person, uh, another person than it is to forgive ourselves. It really is. But here's the thing. You know, why do we expect ourselves to be perfect and not, not do something wrong? I mean, we would never learn. The Lord did not. There was only one person that was ever perfect, and that's Jesus right. Christ, who was Amen. sacrificed himself for us. So if he believes we're worthy. And he believes our lives matter. And he believes that we have a reason for him doing what he did. Then how can we sit there and argue with that? How can we sit there and say, no, let me prove to you how unworthy <laughs> I am. <laughs> right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, but that's exactly what we do. You know, we, we, we are the world's best at um, destroying ourselves in that, you know, you know, you know in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my, one of my favorite passages that that is, that is one of the things that really helped me walk through my own transformation was, you know, you know, is, is, is Ephesians 2.10, where it says, for you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus for the good work that he ordained for you long ago, so you may walk in it. You know, that word masterpiece in the Greek is is poema. In other words, it's he's writing our story and it's mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what he says about us. So who are we to say, you know what, God, I, I think you've gotten it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really not. It's, it's really not. So, um, you know, I, I just I just see that and I'm just like, wow. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So there's there, there's forgiving ourselves and, and 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 we're just about out of time, Marie. But it, it, is there one more thing you'd like to add, um, you know, you know, in this in this mix here? I, I just want to say, you know, whenever we, we talk about the, the three things that you can yourself do, and you will do this if you go into uh, therapy as well, uh, you know, is, is you have to do the work. This shame is not something it's easily dispensed with. It's something you really need to work with. Uh, journaling, self-talk, being aware of the things that you're saying to yourself, uh, the relationships you have that you might need to, that they will be enhanced. These are just beautiful things that you can think about that will get better. If you work on this and you and, and you're brave to do it, and it will not feel good in the beginning, but it will get better. And um, so, yeah, I just I think if another thing I want to say is 
everybody's criticism isn't worth listening to. And just because they hold a position, they may even be your partner, does not mean that they're right in their assessment. So remember that too. That is absolutely true. And, and, and one of the things that I wanted to, wanted to add to this, that, uh, uh, you know, talking about that story of the uh, music minister and his pastor, that, that music minister ended up going to another church and he finally got up the courage to share that story again, but the outcome was very different. The, the pastor had him share his story with as many people as he wanted to. And then his pastor put him in a place where if, if, if anybody was to come to that pastor and say, I've experienced this, he then was given the opportunity to meet and counsel with and mentor, help them work through this. Uh, himself. So it was one of those things that was truly empowering. In other words, he was able to then turn around and yeah. help somebody else through it, which is, yes. which is really beautiful. And we are just about out of time. She gives Maria. meaning to what happened to him. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. I'm going to have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. I would love, we could go on and on and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. talk about this for the, for the rest of the day. Well, thank you for um, having me. Oh, it has been a joy. It has been a joy. And for those of you listening, we, we are, our guest today is, is Dr. Marie Seltz. If you want to listen to her podcast, Through the Fire, you can go to, uh, go ahead and give everybody the, uh, the, uh, the site they can go to to listen to your podcast. So we're on all the major platforms, but you can go directly to familyvisionmedia.com, familyvisionmedia.com. And that would be an easy way so you don't have to join any of the sites. Uh, and then you can also connect with me through uh, my uh, professional website, Condescent Counseling at CCCC, that's four C's, CCCC-USA.com. And again, Maria, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on today. We are officially out of time. Thank you so much for listening. This is Your Life Matters Today. I'm Dr. Cliff Robertson, and it has been a joy to be with you. Make it a great day, and always remember, your life matters. Thanks for tuning in to Your Life Matters today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Have any questions for Dr. Robertson? Join us on next week's show and share your story or thoughts. We hope we've helped you overcome some of your deepest inner struggles. Have a beautiful week.